Welcome to episode 3 of the Slightly Enlightened Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Cahill. Today's episode is entitled, Reminders and Commitment. Alright, this Friday is Friday the 13th. It's the 6th anniversary of my heart attack. and Last year on the 5th anniversary, I decided to go get a tattoo. I was going to take the day back from fear and go do something positive. And so I went down and I got a tattoo of my EKG on my inner right wrist. And the, re- the reason that I got that tattoo, and at the time I, I described it as leaving breadcrumbs on a pathway that I would not go back on. Um, I wanted a reminder of all of the bullshit that I had put myself through that almost killed me. Um, and so it was simple. And the reason that I got it on my inner right wrist was because I already had something that I considered a mistake on my inner left wrist. Uh, and what was sad about it was that at the time that I got it, it held great meaning and hope for me. Uh, when I first arrived to Guam um, back in the 90s when I was in the Navy, uh, I got to the barracks and I wanted to fit in and one of the guys had a tattoo gun and we were drinking tequila and they were like, get a tattoo and okay. I wanted a yin-yang tattoo. And at the time it represented balance to me. Uh, I wasn't that sophisticated at the time and so that was the best I could do. But I knew that I wanted balance and I knew that I already had parts of my personality that spiked too much in one way or another. Um, funny thing didn't finish the tattoo because later on personalities spiked and uh, (laughs) me and the tattoo artist took a while to become friends after that and I never got it fixed Uh, and I was ashamed of it. I judged myself very harshly. Uh, I thought it was ugly. I thought it was trashy Um, and from that time on I had distanced myself from anything even vaguely balance-like or spiritual. So Having that tattoo fixed and filled in and having it be beautiful and something I wanted to put on display again really, really brought me a lot of empowerment. And so that's why I want to talk today about reminders. And one of the ways that I want to lead into that conversation is is by saying that we all need reminders and we don't like them. Um, We don't pay attention to them. We ask people to remind us of things all the time. And we get miffed when they do it. Now, a lot of times we place really unrealistic expectations on ourselves when it comes to getting things right or having all the knowledge or knowing what to do. And we often shun reminders. Um, we'll, put th- we'll write things down. We'll put them on our phone. We still won't pay any attention to them. And those are the reminders that we asked ourselves to remind ourselves about. Well... We all need the knowledge of the people that came before us. There's no one on this earth that can, that can do the complicated things that all of us enjoy constantly from scratch by themselves. They need the books. They need the manuals. They need the knowledge of their ancestors and of their families and of their communities. And so we all need reminders. And we shouldn't place such unrealistic expectations on ourselves to think that we don't need reminders when it comes to being good people. Now... I don't think most of us need reminders not to kill, not to rape, not to do horrible acts like that, or or start wars, or pollute, or do those things. But sometimes we do need reminders to remember who we want to be. So we're going to borrow a little bit from Buddhism today. 
And the reason that I'm breaking this out here is because we're going to be utilizing some of these things in a future um, guided meditation. So I want to explain them today so they're, they're not something that you have to stop and wonder about in the middle of your first time uh, doing the meditation. So the first thing that we're going to talk about are the Four Noble Truths. And they're very simple. Life has inevitable suffering. There is a cause to suffering. There is an end to suffering. The end to suffering is through mindfulness and the Eightfold Path. And that can come off kind of weird the first time, so I'm going to break it down in a different way. And don't worry about the Eightfold Path. We'll get to that next. I like to think of Buddhism as kind of being a little fractal. Each time you get something, you taste it, it points you towards something that tastes even more delicious. So if the Four Noble Truths were a catchy Instagram meme, they would be, life sucks, and there's a reason that it sucks, and there's a way to stop it sucking, and that's through mindfulness and the Eightfold Path. <laughs> we'll get to the Eightfold Path in a minute. But let's remember what we're calling mindfulness and what that is to us. We're calling that single-pointed focus, okay? Uh, that is awareness without the trappings of attaching to thought and worry and outside noise and everything else. It's a stillness. It's what we're looking for to achieve through meditation and these perceptional shifts, okay? So we're going to go through the Eightfold Path, and I'm going to try to make it really quick. I'm going to take out the word Buddhist or Buddhism and exchange it with some generic stuff. But this is a more nuanced uh, version. For Some people describe it as a more nuanced version of the Ten Commandments. I don't think everybody has to be reminded constantly not to kill, rape, and to stare at somebody else's cow all day. Um, you thought I was going to say ass. Um, but let's get right into that. So number one, right understanding. Having faith in a realistic view of the universe. Um, and you might say, well, why do I need faith in reality? Well, because reality is not always what it seems. And we'll get into that more later. But it's just a fact. You only see a tiny fraction of the universe. And if you didn't know that, just go look up pictures of what the universe looks like in infrared or ultraviolet, etc. There is a very large spectrum of reality that you're not even aware is occurring right now. Now, number two is right intention. Making a commitment to practice the pathway towards awakening, okay? I say pathway towards awakening because what we're looking to do is awakening to be our true selves again, to stop uh, being a reason other people are suffering, and to stop having other people affect us in a way that we cause suffering upon ourselves. So number three, right speech. Avoiding lies or mean or abusive speech. Now, most of us know not to lie, how good are you at keeping your mouth shut? How good are you at not being vindictive and saying things that hurt people? What's your sarcasm level like? You know, we can say a lot of things that don't make the situation better. I like the quote, speak only when it improves the silence. Granted, nowadays most people would prefer their phone and silence. <laughs> so, next one. Number four. Right action. Now, we got not taking life, not stealing, and not hurting others. I like not hurting others, and I like not stealing. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Obviously, we know not to kill, not to take life. But let's look at that in a different way. How about we don't take anything that isn't given freely? That goes for people's attention. 
That goes for people's time. That goes for people's sexuality, confidence, pride. Are you the kind of person that can say words that can change a person's day in a negative way? Okay, now, let's peel off a little bit of commitment in the middle of this. We are committing to make ourselves better. We are not committing to making excuses to be bad to other people. We are saying, I no longer sign off on the idea that I have a right to hurt others. Now, I'm not talking about defending yourself from harm, but I'm talking about the moment that defense becomes aggression, okay? I'm also talking about preemptive strikes. How many of us walk into a situation, set up a facade, throw out our boundaries, and don't let anyone near because they might hurt us? Now, what's that say about you? Anyway, next one. Right livelihood, number five. Rejecting jobs and occupations that conflict with your ideals. I can tell you from firsthand experience, if you have a job that's contrary to your morals or beliefs, you're going to have a bad time. How the heck are you going to go home happy every day? All right, number six. Right effort. Avoiding bad attitudes and developing good ones. It, negativity breeds negativity. Do we have to spend that much time on that? You have to wake up with a smile and say thank you for waking up. Because the alternative is being dead. I mean, start right there. Commit to each morning. When your feet hit the floor, you're going to say thank you for waking up this morning. Okay, because that's we're doing this work because we want to be here. Okay, we're not giving up. So start not giving up by giving in and saying, all right, I'm here. I'm going to live this life. I'm going to participate. All right? Number seven, right mindfulness. Uh-oh, we're back at that mindfulness stuff, the stuff we haven't learned how to do yet. They're already giving us rules. You haven't taught me how to do that. All right. Being aware of the body, feelings, and thoughts. Now let's go back to where I talked about how our emotions are how we interpret the feelings in our body and how we emote them, how we communicate them. So when these feelings arise, you have to start learning what they are. For now, we're going to stop shouting out all of our feelings all the time. Okay? We need to identify them. Identify them from situation to situation. So try to dial back the volume of how loud your complaining is to anyone for a little while. Let's do a little soul-searching ourselves and say, wow, man. Am I interpreting these feelings right, or do I just need to take a shit? All right. Number eight, right concentration. Thinking deeply to find answers to problems. Now, I think this goes perfectly hand-in-hand hand with right mindfulness, and I like to think that insight should go hand-in-hand hand with your meditation. Because what we really want to do after we've spent that much time clear is... is just really absorb what's going on with us. We don't spend a lot of time doing that. We spend a lot of time with our face in our phones, our face in the used to be the newspaper and the television and on the, the computer and our work and our school and everything. How much time are you spending in your heart going, hey, how do I feel? Am I happy right now? Think about the different things in your life and then think about the feelings that arise as you think of them. You know, not everybody has an ulcer that just tips them off anytime something's stressful. Some people have to think, oh, geez, you know, maybe when I get stressful, that's when my neck gets a little tight or this happens. So start being insightful of yourself. Now, the last part 
as far as reminders go, uh, is a little thing called the Buddha's Five Remembrances. And a reminder that I wrote for myself in the past uh, was the following. Don't forget the lifetime that it took to learn that love conquers all. When you deny the reality of life, you appreciate it less. Meditate on the Buddha's five remembrances and rediscover the magic of life just as it is. Now, I don't remember what that originally said. I copied and pasted something and I switched it up to fit me. But I left the Buddha's five remembrances just as they were. And I'm going to include them in a morning meditation that I'll put out after this episode because I think they're incredibly powerful for reminding us that we're all in the same boat and there's nothing to be afraid of. And now I'm going to read them to you now. I am of a nature to grow old. There is no way to escape growing old. I am of a nature to have ill health. There is no way to escape ill health. I am of a nature to die. There is no way to escape death. All that is dear and everyone I love will be taken by the change of death. There is no way to escape being separated from them. My actions are my only true belongings. I cannot escape the consequences of my actions. My actions are the ground upon which I stand. Go back and listen to that a couple of times or look it up on the net. But give that some real thought, because that's the kind of commitment to self that we're talking about. That is a realistic view. You are going to die someday. A lot of people spend their whole life avoiding those ideas. We'll set up something a little deeper to help with that in a future episode. But for now, let's just say we can't go any further on this path until we make a commitment to ourself. A commitment that's going to be in our heart and in the mirror and in our eyes and in our journal and in the way that we forgive ourselves when we make mistakes. And that commitment is this. I forgive myself for whatever I've done before and I'm going to get better and I'm going to be a cause for good with myself and all of those around me because that is what I truly want in my heart. I am a good person. And a good person does good things. And a good person doesn't need to make any excuses to treat people poorly. And so, I'm going to try to be the best me. And that means putting on a smile, being kind, holding my tongue when needed, and helping the situation. I de-escalate situations. I do not increase anxiety, anger, and aggression. I'm a force for good in the lives of the people around me and in my own life. I make life better. I make being alive better. I'm not waiting to be loved anymore. I'm going to be the one who loves. I'm not going to point out people's strengths as flaws just because they're not my strengths. And I'm going to stop stepping on people to raise my head above my own bullshit. I love you guys. I'll see you next time.